This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the W Debate. Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. <laughs> you jumped up and... That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, B. John Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins him and tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screen or draw? Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the insult. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time, it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I got it. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies to Kirk Street. We ran out of time. We'll get to reschedule soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin Nate, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time or whenever we decide to release this. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate brought to you by CampusDecant.com. On a totally thankful version of tonight's show, Jordan Travis and the future of Florida State. We continue our Heisman conversation, and we'll talk about what we are thankful for. But we're going to start with that Jordan Travis conversation. Uh, you know, a horrible ankle fracture. I think we saw something similar with Dak Prescott uh, a few years ago here, and you know, against an FCS Alabama opponent here. Um, Matt, let me start with you. What do you make of Florida State, their chances in the playoff now that Jordan Travis is done for, you know, the foreseeable future? I mean, if we're talking about the playoffs, I don't think that they have any real shot of competing. I mean, their defense against the uh, pass is actually ranked 15. I'm sorry, is is apparently seventh, which I find very interesting. 25th against the rush, like they're – Watching them play, I don't feel like their defense is that good personally. But according to um, our CFB winning edge stuff or C2C winning edge stuff, that is what we've got them listed at. But really, I think it's going to come down to that offense. I mean, Jordan Travis, in my opinion, has actually been having a pretty good year. I thought he was going to be the one who would take them to beat Louisville in the ACC championship game. And then if that happened, likely take them into the playoffs. I actually think there's still a chance that they would have possibly been left out, depending on how things went down with Texas, Ohio state, Michigan, if Washington stayed undefeated, they would have for sure locked up a spot, Georgia, Alabama. Like there's a lot there. I think would have been an interesting discussion with them. And 
I think now the committee has a reason to leave him out because of that. Granted, I guess the argument could be the Cardell Jones goes with Ohio State as the third string quarterback and ends up winning the national championship. Different time back then. I don't think we had a dominant team uh, in college the year that that was able, that Cardell Jones was able to do that. But I just don't think this team has enough around what's likely going to be Tate Rodemaker, Rodemaker is their quarterback. I don't think there's enough around him to really, I actually don't even know if they beat Louisville in the ACC championship game in two weeks. I think if that doesn't happen, they for sure won't make it. But even if they do, I'll be very intrigued to see what happens on that. What do they always do it on Sunday, right before the NFL games kick off on that Sunday, who makes it in? And if Florida state is one of them, cause I just, I, I don't think that the team is good enough without Travis to, compete really in a playoff game i don't think they should be left out if they go undefeated you're gonna have undefeated georgia uh undefeated either michigan or ohio state undefeated washington florida florida state excuse me if it shakes out that way i don't think that they let florida i don't the fact that their quarterback is not healthy should not preclude them from being in the playoff conversation in the actual playoff. If they do go undefeated, I would be disappointed in the committee if that turned out to be true. Um, Chris, talk to me. I, I want to, I guess I'm going to have this conversation about Jordan Travis himself because we are, I mean, we are a Debbie show, a player centric show. I don't think that he was a high round NFL draft prospect, but he does have that. I mean, there would be some allure to him in the same way that there was some allure to Jalen Hurts uh, late in the process after Oklahoma. You know, he has a dual threat ability. He was a senior, probably a senior bowl candidate. Do you think he's better or he's a better, is he a better or worse NFL prospect than, say, Jake Hayner, who went in the, what, the fifth round? Um, I think Hayner had some kind of obvious flaws to his game. I just, I don't think anything is really special about Jordan Travis. He's just like a quality college quarterback who's had a ton of injuries. That's that's what he is, and that's fine. That's good enough to get you to the playoffs if he's healthy. And we have some of those guys sometimes. Chris Leak, Jason yeah. uh, Jason White. I mean, some of those guys are just good at college players. Just there's no there's I mean there's no shame in that. It's just he's just not at high, and I don't think he has been a high NFL guy at any point during the process. Uh, I want to continue this conversation really quick about Florida State because. I have Keon Coleman in a lot of spots. Thank you to the Up Next uh, podcast. I have Keon Coleman and, you know, the fact that he played basketball and football at Michigan State, which is Michigan State is a great basketball school. So the fact that he was a, you know, good enough player to play basketball at a b- true blue blood basketball school had me intrigued. But now I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if I should hit the get, get on the old exit strategy, even if he goes in the first round, Matthew, because – I've heard Austin compare him to Alshon Jeffrey. I've heard him compare him to Brandon Marshall. My concern is that he might be Nikhil Harry. That's that's kind of my concern. I mean, let's be honest. I, oh, look, I was not a Nikhil Harry fan coming out, unfortunately, much like another Matt who had Hakeem Butler ahead of him, and that didn't work out. Uh, I was I was very much with Mr. Waltman on the Hakeem Butler love, but I was not really a big fan of Nikhil Harry, but I also think him going to New England killed him as well. Like if we're being honest, that I think that he was a I think he's a better player than what his NFL talent showed. If he is 
Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey, though, are you not happy with that? I mean, that was like in the prime of my fantasy career growing up. Those guys were phenomenal. I mean, Brandon Marshall, I still remember trading him for Odell Beckham Jr. and C.J. Anderson after he had like that three touchdown game, I think, against the Jets or Bears. I don't remember what. I think it was against the Jets for the Bears. I think Keon Coleman... If he's in the right offense with a quarterback that's not going to be afraid to throw it up to him is going to shine in the NFL. But you've got to find the quarterback. So, like, I know everybody's going to say Patrick Holmes, but, like, hey, what what Stephon Diggs was able to do, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs were able to do together. Like, Josh Allen, he's not afraid to throw it anywhere near Stephon Diggs because he knows he's going to go and get it. If he can get a quarterback and an offensive coordinator that believe in him that way, I think he's going – maybe he won't be – I want to say Alshon Jeffrey for multiple years was a wide receiver one. I know Brandon Marshall was throughout his career. I could see Keon Coleman being a solidified wide receiver two for fantasy for multiple years. But again, I just, I really think it depends on the offense that he goes to. Chris last year, um, Jordan Addison, Zay flowers. Who, who am I forgetting here? Jackson Smith and Jigba. Those guys totally different from the type of player and the type of wide receiver that Keon Coleman is on a scale of one to 10, 10 being he's going to be in the hall of fame and one, he's going to be a bust a straight up Nikhil Harry like bust. How confident are you in Keon Coleman's projection at the next level? Please choose five. Please choose five. Just right, right. Be Austin right on the fence. Just choose five. That, that would be the most Austin response. Ever. I, I thought about that, but uh, I'm going to go four. actually. I, it's just a profile. The NFL is moving. So, far away from and I don't know that they are scheming those players up the way they were probably 10 15 years ago and I don't think quarterbacks want to play that way it's just like it's just that type of offense it's like short get keep the chains moving like you're not chucking it downfield to a guy say make the play I don't know how successful he can be because I think that he's a good player but I don't know the NFL is appreciative of that type anymore yeah it's 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 Demarius Thomas, Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey. Like, do you I'm think Demarius Thomas to- could come into the NFL right now and be? Successful? That's what I was just about to ask. That's what I was just about to ask. Because <laughs> I like, don't know. They- he, couldn't, he couldn't run routes. My man's was not a route runner. Like, you need to be able to do some of that. But, I think Keon Coleman's better at at it than Thomas yeah. was when he was coming to the league. But like. I don't know. It's just not a profile that's succeed. Well, who was the last profile like this to succeed? Michael like, truly, and he's still succeeding. Success. He's been a wide receiver too for the most of his career. Which is, I would call with that success. bad with oh. kind of bad quarterback play too. For being honest, he didn't. I mean, Drake have London. Luck. Drake London is a similar profile, and he's got horrible quarterback play. I mean, look, I love Tessin Ritter. It's been bad. I mean. I, I would say like that. That's what I view him closer to is more like a Michael Pittman, which is probably a wide receiver two or three. Again, I mean, you mentioned on the up next podcast, nobody was talking about this guy. So you want to talk about like wins of wins where you got this guy off the free agent wire. Like I think if he ends up being a consistent wide receiver three for you on your NFL side, I, I do think that's a win, especially in leagues we play and you're starting three wide receivers most weeks anyway. So. That's not really the question though. Like the question isn't, is, is he going to be a wide receiver two or three? The question I think is, is do you trade him now? Do you trade him away? Like, could no. his value be at a peak yes. where you go get, I don't know, to throw in some underrated 
NFL wide receiver. Like I'm trying to think of somebody. Like would you trade? Would you trade? Would you trade Keon Coleman for Gabe Davis? No, I'd probably keep Coleman. Gabe Davis is like hit or miss for you every other week. I know I roster a lot of Gabe Davis. I think I'd much rather ha- take the flyer on Keon Coleman. The only reason I wouldn't sell him now is I do think with all the hype and everything going on, he's likely going to be a first-round pick, so his his value will increase when the NFL draft rolls around. He's a first-round pick. That's when you sell him. How, how uh, okay. good are his I, athletic numbers, athletic testing numbers going to be? Because I think he's going to be like a 4-6. I think he's going to be like a 4-5-9 type Running. Yeah. Now, I thought the same thing about George Pickens, and he ended up running what a four three. But I, like Keon Coleman doesn't come off t- to me as vertically explosive, yeah. in a, in explosive in a, in a straight line. I want to, Chris. I'm going to ask you some of these names. I think this is an interesting conversation. Um, Keon, if would you rather have this this player or Keon Coleman? Keon Coleman or Rache Rice? Kansas City Chiefs get the Kansas City Chiefs young up, up and coming wide receiver. Or Keon is Coleman. He, is he doing well for Kansas City this year? I've, I'm asking. No. I might be asking the wrong. I might be asking. Chris, Chris, you know what Chris is doing on Sunday at 1 o'clock? He's fishing. got that fishing pole in the water. Not a care in the world. Matthew, Rasheed Rice or, or Keon Coleman? I would still take Keon Coleman. I, I again... I, just to give you an idea, right now, Rasheed Rice is player 156 overall. Give me the unknown in Keon Coleman over Rasheed Rice. Okay, okay. We've seen Jalen Hyatt have some success catching some deep balls. Jalen Hyatt or Keon Coleman? I'm trying to feel, uh, figure out what I'd this line still, is. I'd still take Keon Coleman. I would take Keon Coleman because I think J- Jalen Hyatt isn't a good player. I, I agree. <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree with you. Okay how, okay, how about this? You got the Houston Texans offense. Chris Moxley, I'm going to let you know, C.J. Stroud is playing excellent. Uh, I have I have seen He's heard. I have seen You've that. Heard. Okay, he's I've playing heard. excellent. He's throwing. So, Chris, Tank Dell from Houston plays for Houston, the Houston Texans. The Houston <laughs> Texans. He and C.J. Stroud got a great thing going. Um, I would take Dell over Keon Coleman. No, that's, I, that's not who I was going to ask. Say, I was going to ask about Nick. Nico Collins. I was going to ask Nico Collins or or. Oh, I don't think. Uh, I mean, I'm just thinking about how I how I viewed them in the past. I never thought Nico Collins was like some special player. So yeah, yeah I mean, I think I'd take Keon Coleman. I don't think Nico Collins is like better than a wide receiver two in an offense. I'm trying to find this line. Okay, all right. I'll tr- well, I'll try one more to see if you'll take the NFL player, Matthew. Okay. Calvin Ridley, who just had an excellent game nope. for the Jaguars. Give me Keon Coleman. Are you serious? I look. I think Calvin Ridley's like wild, wildly overrated. I don't personally. He does. Yeah, uh, I don't. I mean, he's have. I think he's a wide receiver, low end wide receiver two right now. Wide receiver three, but like, I don't think he's been particularly that good. I just think Trevor Lawrence has helped him out a lot, but he's already thirty plus years old. Uh, I'd stick with Coleman personally. <sighs> I, I, I okay. I, this I lied. This will be the last one. George <laughs> right. Pickens, the aforementioned oh, George that's a Pickens, choice too. Give or me Keon Coleman. I don't. Keon Coleman. Yeah, I'm not a big Pickens guy. I give me Keon Coleman. All right, please let us know in the chat. Like, who would you rather have? I listed all of these players. Who? Do I, uh, Nico Collins, George Pickens. Um, I forgot. Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice. The only one we'd rather have any of them other than or or Keon Coleman. If you can get Tank Dell for Keon Coleman, do that. Yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat. Most people would. (laughs) 
That's why it's, I don't know. You think so? Is Tank Dell like Tank Dell's a top fifteen wide receiver in fantasy right now? He's had like three weeks of like twenty plus points, dude. He's been yeah. Tank Dell, Tank Dell is smoking the NFL right now. Smoking the NFL. Maybe I gotta check out. I gotta check out some NFL. Chris and I, we just played each other. I just smoked you in the league of record. Yeah, you need to check out. You need to check out. Uh, you know, Sunday too. Sunday. This is the thing about college football fans. They take pride in not watching the NFL. They take pride in it. Where is where is Jared Palmgren? Jared Palmgren's probably they take pride in not watching the NFL. Am I lying, Chris? No, if you're oh. de- if you're deep enough into college, then like you're like I don't care at all, and I love it. Like it's just but they like wear, they would put it on a T-shirt. I don't care about the NFL. They would put I'd it wear on that t-shirt. t-shirt. Yeah, see. Oh, we should. Oh, don't nobody take that idea because that we're trademarking that. Trademark. Okay. Don't even try it. Don't try it, Luke. Don't try it. Uh, main event. Don't try it. Um. All right. L- housekeeping here. We're almost at two thousand subscribers now. <laughs> we just had a big boost in subscribers, and it was not because of anything uh, that we did. We posted that. Matt, you and I were on Dynasty Trades in five, and it was simulcast on our YouTube page, and boom, that added like a whole. You know, we should just sell our souls and just turn this into a Dynasty Fantasy Football show, and we would make everybody famous. Um, but no, help us get to two thousand subscribers. Uh, we are working on the freshman guide right now, so that's going to be ready uh, come March. But if you want to check out the best place to get depth charts for 133 FPS teams, uh, statistical projections, spread projections, rankings for six to between six and seven hundred college players, if you are considering trying C2C, the format for the first time, you got to check out campus2can.com. Comparison charts, athletic athletic tools compare. Let's say you've got uh, Justice Haynes, the freshman running back at Alabama, that they seem content on redshirting this year, and you want to see what his NFL athletic comparables are, you can do that at campusdecan.com. I don't know another place uh, where you can do that. So go ahead and check out the website if you haven't already. It looks like we are headed towards a Washington and Oregon Pac-12 championship. Washington still has the Apple Cup uh, this coming weekend. This weekend is going to be great, by the way. Um, But we're a player-centric show, Matthew. I just saw a mock draft with Michael Penix Jr. being taken by the Atlanta Falcons at like eight, even after y'all told me you know that he sucks for the last since 2020. Uh, who gets drafted higher, Michael Penix Jr. or his opponent in that Pac-12 camp championship game, uh, Bo Nix? Isn't that the thing he does? That's right. but it's actually going to yeah. be Bo Nix. That's not, the thing. Not yes, Michael thank Penix. you to the yeah. to, to the to the listening audience who's not watching. They Should know be watching what on YouTube that and subscribing. I did Michael Penix. He just did the the, celebration. the the archer move archer, that, yeah. that Michael Penix. It really doesn't does. look like a bow and arrow when he does it, but sure, yeah. If you want to say it's a bow and arrow celebration, I mean, but I still think he it's was a high school be. archery champion. Michael was Penix. He? Was he? No. I thought oh, I mean, that his accuracy outside of Kellen DeBoer would have said no. That would have been a great fact if it was true. Uh, I still think it's going to end up being Bo Nix. Uh, the I think it's going to be the injury history for Penix. People will talk themselves into the system that he plays for as well and how Kalen DeBoer is able to get those wide receivers wide open at times. And I'm going to be honest, w- w- GMs talk about it all the time. 
They care about that recruiting pedigree and everything Bo Nix, having the five-star, having a good freshman season, and then now back-to-back years in Oregon with a team that people didn't expect to be this good. I think he is still going to end up getting drafted ahead of Michael Penix. I honestly don't think he's that much of a better player than Michael Penix, but I could just see, because I also think he's going to end up being a little bit, he's going to test better athletically as well than Michael Penix. You found you found my line on Michael Penix. I think he would go ahead of Bo Nix. And I've been trashing Michael Penix throughout the draft process because I don't think he's a first-rounder in any capacity. But I do think he goes above Bo because I think he has traits that are more desirable, even if he does have the injury history, which is fairly extensive. Um, Bo Nix is so obviously a product of this Oregon offense to me. Like, it... I just don't see anything on his tape that I'm like, this dude should play on Sundays. I see that for Michael Penix sometimes. So yeah, that's, that's where I would, I would, that's my cutoff. Yes. He's ahead of Bo Nix. Is it just the arm strength though? Because my argument for the Bo Nix. No, it's not just the arm offense is it was completely different offense last year. And he still thrived. Actually had a better season last year with Dan, with uh, Dillingham than he's having with Willie Stein. It's completely different offense, offensive scheme, everything. That is it. To it's me. A, t- a totally different offense. Not totally different, but it is a different scheme. He's yeah. playing. He's not playing as well as he did with Dillingham, but I think he's playing fairly close to that. Where may- maybe I'm I'm overrating the Kalen DeBoer things. It worked for Jake Hayner, as you mentioned. He got drafted in the fifth round, but I I think we're underrating how much the injury history could play into this as well. For we Michael don't Bennett know. Jr. Yeah. But like, if his knee is dust, like uh, Carson Strong's, like I, I think there's a lot of people who thought Carson Strong or was a, actually a really good quarterback prospect. Connor Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. But the, well, that I, injury he, stuff matters. Michael Penix Jr. All right, I, for, let me say this: I have not watched Bo Nix for consideration of is this guy making NFL throws. I've been watching Michael Penix Jr. since 2020, making those assessments. If his knee is healthy, by the way, if Al Davis was still alive. Michael Penix Jr. would be going like wherever the Raiders pick. Uh, the Raiders would be trading up to one to get they, one of the. They of they the would be trading up to get, to get Michael Penix Jr. Because th- this play style is exactly what Al Davis loves. Like deep throws, back shoulder fades. That would have been all Al Davis's thing. He d- he makes NFL throws. Those like those are high difficulty throws to me. The deep shots, the back shoulder fades. You know the velocity that he has on his throws is NFL caliber. The the only thing is like consistency. Michael Penny Jr. is a player who will make the deep threes but miss occasional layups. I just got to think that if he can get a few seasons, off seasons healthy, he will be able to work on his consistency on those intermediate throws. I don't really care if he goes in the in the first round or not. I really don't. I think that he's going to be a player who probably gets, at the very least, gets in as, as a backup, even if he's, he's not taken in the first round. And I think he will show himself enough that he'll get a second contract. Like the, the, the type of game that he plays where he gets punched in the mouth and still delivers the ball downfield, players, teammates really, really like and have a lot of respect for guys who play that way. Justin Fields was the same way. Remember Justin Fields, like that last season at Ohio State, him getting, he, he, I think he had broken ribs. What's his name? J- James uh, Kozlowski or whatever from Clemson. Yes. Like broke his Kowski ribs. Or whatever. So yeah, whatever. That dude played for like 15 years in college. Um, but yeah, players really gravitate towards quarterbacks who take, take hits in the pocket, don't complain and still 
deliver the ball on time, deliver the ball on, uh, down the field. So I think he's a player that's going to ingratiate himself to an NFL locker room. I really do. I mean, you want to know who has the better statistics passing deep between Michael Penix and Bo Nix? God, no, I don't want to know who's – I don't want to know your, your Mr. It might not, it might not actually be Michael Penix. I'm just like, you know, that's interesting because Bo Nix has, leads the country in yards after catch. Um, percentage. I mean, that might be part of it. I'm, I'm looking at his uh, – where did it go? His A dot – I mean, he's got a much better completion percentage, 20 yards plus – then what are the respective A dots of each player? They got to be like three yards. Thirty point nine for Bo Nix, so that's twenty plus yards, and it's thirty point one for Michael Pettix. So I mean, it's the same. They're passing. Oh, I'm in over. I'm in over twenty plus yards. The difference is Bo Nix completion percentage in twenty per, uh, over twenty yards is fifty eight percent to Michael Pettix is forty four. You said overall what? What are you looking for? Their overall uh, A dot? Yeah. Yeah, nobody's a dot is 33 yards like that's not no i'm talking about 30 it's 30 yards uh pl- over 20 plus yard throws is what i was talking about deep oh, passes okay. we were talking about how good michael Penix is throwing the deep ball do you have a dot statistics uh, a dots michael Penix. because by the way is... te- by the way le- while you're looking that up yeah i'll just say one of the reasons why um bo nix is leading the country in yards after catch is because of tez johnson tez johnson is an nfl player T- tez johnson is an nfl athlete he's an nfl caliber wide receiver if we're talking about sleepers in next year like the next tank dell i don't know tank dell was so productive at houston i don't know but he t- the next tutu atwell it, it could be it could be uh tess johnson did you get that it was obvious yeah. at troy too like and you were the one who put him awesome in. yeah, yeah i mean we were all over it like two years ago 11 for no, Michael you were, Penix, you were 7.1 for, for Bo Nix. So that's Say it again, read them again. 11, 11.0 for Michael Penix, 7.1 for Bo Nix. So that's where the, that's the a yards huge disparity. Comes. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you there. I'm just, it's, I was surprising to me that Bo Nix has better statistics passing deep. I, I was looking, because I agree, if like you were to watch the passes. two of them, I would say Michael Penix is the better deep passer. Granted, I've watched a lot more Washington this year because they've been more primetime, but... I would have thought he would have had the much better stats. And I'm going to tell Austin right now, who's who's not here. I did get his text message in the group chat saying that he was the, he was the biggest Oregon State fan uh, on Saturday. I, I I caught it, Austin. I'm I'm glad, so glad that you're a big Oregon Oregon he, State fan. He only says that because he wants Washington to lose because he thinks Oregon's the better team, which won't matter if Oregon no. wins in two weeks. He's saying going that to the because he wants to get at me and get under my skin. Listen, also, why I, he's I, the biggest Washington I, State fan on Friday? Yeah, right, exactly. Okay, Is I got I got one I got one question to on this conversation. Should either of those players go above Carson Beck? No, no, no. and I, I don't. But, I'm not even Carson that big a Carson Beck fan, and I would say no. Carson Beck, no. First of all, I don't think Carson Beck's coming out this year. Like, I just, I doubt that he's going to have the one and done year. I think he could. If he did, I think he's immediately in the conversation for quarterback three. But you know what? So was Matt Leiner. So was, let me think of somebody else. Another guy who stayed. I don't know. Mark Sanchez. Who else went back? Justin Herbert. Yeah. Um, I just don't think, I think that the one and done guys, there are so many of those guys who don't have success. At the Mitch Trubisky, Dwayne Haskins, you know they just don't have su- success at the next level. I think you need the starts to get in a rhythm to really build a solid foundation for your NFL future. So I think that Carson Beck comes back. 
and I was mocked and ridiculed for having him in my top 10 to start the season. Absolutely mocked and ridiculed. Okay. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, it looks like Jaden Daniels is currently the Heisman front runner, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I guess it is an individual award. He's at plus 115. Bo Nix is at plus 120. Michael Penix Jr. is now at plus 550, and Carson Beck at plus 4,000. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is at plus 3,300. Uh, Mox, do you have a take on or do you care who – well, no, let me get your take on who you think should should win the Heisman, Jaden Daniels or the field. And you're muted. And you're muted. And you're muted. Oh, all right, sorry. Um, it's a good question because I don't think you can necessarily punish Jaden Daniels for how bad the LSU defense is. Because, I mean, he's been asked to to do what he needs to. It also has resulted in a lot more stat padding, in a way. Um, they're they're going to pad stats this weekend, too. I mean, they will they will make him the best statistical profile of all the players at the Heisman Ceremony, I have no doubt. Um, I, I tend to think that the winner of the Oregon-Washington game should decide who the Heisman is, whether it's Bo Nix or Michael Penix. That's that's my take, and I I, I mean, what's Bo like plus five fifty? He said. That's like that's too low, especially if he has an awesome game against Washington and wins. Plus one twenty for Bo Nix. He's second. Plus oh. one twenty. Okay, I was gonna say I was gonna say I must have been reading that wrong. Um, I mean, still, oh, Michael Penix is plus five fifty. I I would I think that's way too low. I, I just I don't know. I don't like the idea that Jaden Daniels is going to win it, even if he's been the best player. And again, I know that's what the award is, but a lot of that's happening still. I think there's only one person who deserves it, honestly, and it's Jaden Daniels. 3,500 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards. That's accounting for sacks. 1,000 rushing yards, accounting for sacks. The sacks come out. Like Michael Penix and Bo Nix have had great seasons. Bo Nix, 100 rushing yards this year. I don't even know what Michael Penix has. I imagine it's probably right around that. Bo Nix has passed for just as well as Jaden Daniels has in the SEC. I'm sorry. He's played better competition, too. Mox, you mentioned the defense. The defense not only has played bad, they had a ton of injuries on that defense as well. Like, they're playing with, like, fourth, fifth-string corners out there. And Jaden Daniels has been keeping them in games. They haven't been blown out, at least not that I can remember, against anybody. He's kept them in every game. It's been a weird year for college football. Like, I think – Carson Beck would be the lock if his stats were better, but they're not. I thought, you know, Marvin Harrison, he's had a couple bad games. I thought if he would have dominated last week, and some of that, let's be honest, because of Kyle McCord not playing well, if Marvin Harrison would have dominated, he probably would be the lock to win it. Like, I don't think personally, based on what I've seen out of Bo Nix and Michael Penix, that either one of them necessarily deserve it over Jaden Daniels. He's having a special season. I mean, 30, I think it was 34. I, I just jumped off it because I was looking at Bo Nix's stats, but 34. 3,400 passing yards with over a thousand rushing yards. And you're right, Mox. Like he's gonna add more to that this this week. What is his touchdown in it? 36 to 4. So Bo Nix's is 35 to 2. Like there's not that much of a difference between the two of them. And again, I think if you were to look at the strength of schedule, which you know that the voters are going to, whether that matters or not, Jaden Daniels is gonna blow Bo Nix's out of the water because the pat he's not played he's anybody. He yeah. struggled. The probably one of the best teams he's played this year has been Washington, who we all talk about the weakness of that team is that defense. 
I just look at Jaden Daniels and I'm like, okay, which defense do I think that he performed really well against? Like a, a good defense, Alabama, at two nineteen and two. Like it was a pretty weak. Georgia, it was pretty Georgia down State year. though. Do you, what do you have? Eight touchdowns against Georgia State. Eight. This Eight. was a bad year for the SEC. It really it was. was. But it's it a bad year for college football. And it was no, it was a good year for, for the Pac for the Pac twelve. Yeah. The Pac twelve was really competitive early on. UCLA, Washington, Oregon State, uh, Washington State, and Oregon. All those teams, you know, early in the season were all ranked in the top 25. Now, Washington State has fallen off. UCLA has fallen off. You, I forgot USC. You, I mean, that the Pac-12 was the best conference in football for the first month and a half of the season. And I'll, I'll, say, this, I'll say this about Jaden Daniels. Everybody's comparing his season to Lamar Jackson's when no. UofL won like uh, they lost like three games that year, two or three games. Yeah, they won but Lamar game. Jackson had that game against Deshaun Watson's Clemson team yeah. in 2016, where he now they lost that game by like four or five. But he put that team on his back. He had like 130 yards. Like that was the game that actually got him the Heisman. Even losing, yeah. like what, what uh, 2016 Clemson game does Jaden Daniels have this year? The, the main difference between the two of those, though, I'm almost positive Lamar passed for 3,500 yards. He also ran for 2,000. Like, there's a 1,000-yard gap between him and He ran for 1,500. He ran for 1,500. Oh, 1,500. Whatever. My bad. Still 500 more. Here's the thing, though. Okay. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yes, at the beginning of the season, the Pac-12 was good. But now they've come back to earth a little bit when we have realized that some of these teams are not as good as they played. Okay, so who's the top defense that, that Bo Nix has played? Was it Cal? Was it Washington State? Oh, it must have been Stanford or Colorado, right? No, no. It was that Hawaii game, right? Like, he hasn't played anybody either. He has not played anybody even worthy of Alabama. Okay, so Jaden Daniels didn't put up 300 yards passing and 300 yards rushing against Alabama. He still had a good game. He kept them in that game. Like, I haven't pulled up Michael Penick's schedule, but they're Texas Tech, Hawaii, Colorado, Stanford, Washington, Washington State, Utah is probably the best defense. That Bo Nix has played. He went for 248 and two. I have the stats from that Clemson game for Lamar Jackson in 2016. It was actually on my birthday, October 1st, 2016. Um, he went 27 for 44, 295 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception, but he ran the ball 31 times for 162 yards and two touchdowns. So, um, and Matthew. so I'd argue the same thing with Michael Penix, though, real quick. The best team he probably, the best defense. According to our statistics and everything that he played this year was Oregon State, where he put up a whopping 46% completion percentage, 162 yards and two touchdowns. You want to give him some slack because of how bad it was raining? Fine. But still. That's a lot of slack. It was a differential downpour. Knox, and, you are yes, mocking the wide receivers in our group chat during that game, so don't give me that crap now. <laughs> you were literally mocking. Oh, they were dropping the ball. They were dropping the ball. They were like they were like eight they drops. Were. But again, even if you, eight drops, okay, so you put some of that, he still probably gets a, a little over 200 yards. It was not an impressive day for him either. And that was by far the best defense he's played in Oregon State. I'm t Alabama's defense is better. Disagree. So, like, neither Disagree. one of these guys has the resume either. I, that's where I say it was a bad year for college football. Like, nobody has – if we had a Caleb Williams of last year, this year, it would be very easy Caleb Williams is the Heisman winner. We don't have that. Like, it's just a very – I hate to put it this way, like bland college year. And with the fact that we don't have anybody who's really stepped up. And so that's why I think so many people lean toward Jaden Daniels, whether you want to say stat padding or not. I mean, Ryan day tried to do that for CJ Stroud multiple times last year. They never pulled him out because they were trying to win him the Heisman and let him stat pad coaches do that. 
they're always going to do that because they want to say, Hey, I've, I, that's a great recruiting tool. I've gotten this guy a Heisman because I coached him. So, of course, they're going to do that. They have nothing else to play for this year. They're not going to make it into the playoffs. They're probably going to be in a decent bowl game. So the best thing they can get out of this is getting Jaden Daniels the, the Heisman. And even if he didn't have eight touchdowns this past week, he only had four or five. I still think he'd be the front runner deserved to be so. All right. Matt and Chris weigh in here. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question that I'll cut and put on TikTok. Jaden Daniels. At the 103 in Dynasty rookie drafts next year, yes or no? Can I give any context to that, or is it just yes or no? If he's drafted in the first round, yes. If he's drafted in the first round, yes. Do you think he should Hell, be drafted in the first no. round? I mean, no, I don't Hell, think he should be drafted no. in the first round, but if he is, I mean, I'll take him at 1 3. Mox is saying no. Okay. Absolutely All right. not. Um, let's see. We've got rivalry week. Uh, the, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew created the show sheet here and he put rivalry, rivalry, uh, rivalry week. What would be the first game that I put on the show sheet? If I met, wrote down rivalry week, it would be Michigan and Ohio state. No, yeah, it's Matthew not wants to talk it. about, he wants, no, I, listen, look, I'm just reading the notes you put down. Look at the show you, sheet. I put it by day to make it you, easier so we could talk. Well, we shouldn't even have Texas, the Texas Tech on here. Oh, the egg like, bowl doesn't matter. Mississippi State fired their head coach. Old Miss is not looking really great. So I figured that's the only game on Thursday. No reason to talk about it. But Friday, that is a big matchup for Texas and Oregon. If Oregon wins and they are for if sure. Texas have, was playing Oregon, yes, that would be a big no, matchup. It's a big game for Texas it. because they have played poorly again. They played poorly, honestly, this whole back half of the season. They lost to Texas Tech last year. If they want any shot of making the playoffs, they have to win this game on Friday. It's a big game, just like it's a big game for Oregon versus Oregon State. Oregon State beat Oregon last year, keeping them from going to the Pac 12 championship and have a chance to play for the playoffs. They have a chance to rewrite that history <sighs> this, this week. Yeah, in a couple days. And possibly play Washington, make it to the playoffs. Those are massive games on a Friday for you. All right. I'm going to talk about some players here. Jerron Barrett Bradley on Texas Tech. We need to figure out if he's going to be an NFL wide receiver. Um, Quint, is Quint Ewers going to do one of these uh, I got unfinished business videos? Is he going to do one of those saying that I don't he's think coming he's back? He's done any of these, have he? Has he? The reports are he's coming I, back, but. Of course, what what is he going to do? Declare for the NFL draft? Be a fourth round draft pick, fifth yeah, round draft be a pick, third round pick. Come on now, he'll be. Matthew, at least who's your give me? Who's your QB for next season? Come on, give it to me now. Quinn Ewers, baby. I'm I'm all in. I'm all in. Just like I told JJ when he posted on Twitter about that the other day. Our answer. I was like, I'm never the Harry Potter mean. I'm never giving up on Quinn Ewers. I'm I'm ride ride and die, baby. You got. I mean, you got Aiden Childs though. You got Aiden Childs. You just missed. You I'll swung and missed on best. Kyle McCord and Quinn Ewers. Um, that's fair. I guess you you guys should have seen our tech group text when, when they were touting Quinn Ewers and I'm like, what, show me what you know throws what? you keep bringing this up. I'm going to go back and screenshot it. Cause I still have it of me posting those throws and you even admit, okay, that was actually a good throw. You always there was one throw. The there was one throw that I think he rolled out on a, on a smash concept yeah. and he hit somebody, you know, on a corner route. And I'm like, that's, a, that's a fine throw. But every other one you sent me was like, I would expect every single recruit in the top 20 of the the twenty four seven rankings to be able to make this this throw, but they don't always make them. You you could take a, you could take some athletic defensive tackles and make some of those throws. I'm just saying Quinn. you you constantly say you've you've seen one good throw from Quinn Ewers, and now we've got at least three three times you've admitted you've seen a good throw from Quinn Ewers. I just want you to be one, accurate for the one in high school. Here. That's all. One in high school, 
One to Jatavian Sanders, and I don't remember what the other one was. But there was another. I don't know how to talk about Texas Tech and Texas. We're going to watch all these players. Is it Donnie Day Mitchell, you know, a day two NFL draft pick? Maybe C.J. Baxter. I don't, how did C.J. Baxter play against Iowa? I, that's one game that I got to go back and watch. Not even for Texas. I want to actually watch he was uh, banged Iowa up. State. Yeah. He was banged up. It was, it was not a good game. Yeah, I got to go. I want to go back and watch Iowa State's offense because I think there may be some value there. Um, so, yeah. I don't know how to talk about those games, though. Um, let's see. Ohio State and Michigan. Ohio State and Michigan. Matt, or Chris, Chris, we haven't talked to you in a second. Do you want to talk to us about uh, this game? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a game that I think it's a game that we're going to determine how legit Michigan and JJ McCarthy are because he has to be tested when he has. He hasn't looked very good. I think he's been a little banged up, though. Uh, and then we're going to find out Kyle McCord can play football pretty much. That's the question. Like, I just, I, I think uh, Michigan could crush Ohio State. I don't I, I think like, I'm, that's my opinion. It, it's, I think it's going to be a boring game where this, this, I don't know what the over under is on this game. I'd like to, somebody can look that up. Um, but Michigan is going to be so conservative in this game. They might pass the ball. Okay. Over under 20.1 passes in this game, Matthew. From from JJ uh, McCarthy, the over under is set at forty seven and a half, and I would say no. Under. The, under, no, I'm, passes. Yes, no, I'm going under attempts. on JJ McCarthy and under probably on the score. I think this is going to oh, yeah, be I'm all about under. running for both. Of it them. is going to be a, for both teams. Uh, Mike Valerie has decided to join us. Mike Valerie is a co-host on the Second Best Devi Podcast here on the Campus Camp Podcast feed. Don't let anybody tell you different. <laughs> um, Mike, you want to give us your? Look, this is what's happening here, folks. Everyone's trying to get the recording out of the way before the holiday season. And so we're all using the stream yard at the same time. Yeah, uh, we are. Mike, what are your thoughts on uh, this Michigan-Ohio State game as we uh, get here towards the end of the season, towards the game? Um, so, like, J.J. McCarthy needs to step up. He wants to go to the NFL draft. I feel like they're going to have to feature him a little bit more than they did, you know, during the seven-pass game. Like, So I think there's going to be more throwing involved here. The over-under for, like, passing, I don't know, but probably, like, 200 250 i think he has it in him but just because he hasn't done it this year yet it's just because they haven't asked him to do it yet so i think he can get over that hump i just don't know how far over uh mike you were not here earlier you just uh invited yourself here to the show which is fine which is fine totally totally fine <laughs> we asked this question earlier Jaden daniels at the 103 in dynasty rookie drafts what do you what do you think i still don't think he's a first round qb uh, there's still about three years there of no of no uh, improvement, which I think is still somewhat of a red flag, even though he has taken a really big jump this year. Uh, so there's a really still big question over like why, like why did development take so long to happen? So I, I still think he's like he's definitely improved his stock. And, I, and if you want to argue he's QB three in the class, I think that's a fine argument. I don't know if he's a first round QB still. Like, there's still some questions about him. So at the 103, yeah, I think that's a little crazy. But like a first round dynasty rookie pick, I think that could be fine. Like the back end of the first. Thank you, Mike. I love to be validated. So it was nice to hear that opinion. Felix, what did you say you thought his over under on passes would be? In 21 this game? Point, 20, 21.5 is okay. 21.5. Okay, that changes it one whole number. You know how many times he's thrown more than 21 passes this season? How many? Five. And one, and the only reason I say five is and, yeah, and none in the last three attempts. weeks though. No, I don't. In the last uh, three weeks, technically, yeah. yes, he did go over actually twice in the past three weeks. Twenty-four attempts against Maryland. Against who? Uh, did against Blake Corum get? 
did Blake Horn get banged up last week? Did I, did I imagine that? I didn't, I, he, I didn't watch that game. I, I turned he it on got hit quarter. and he like came back, but he was still down for a while there. So if they have like uh if Blake Horn's not 100%, I think you could probably assume they're not going to put it in the hands of Donovan Edwards. So I feel like they can throw uh, a little Donovan Edwards him. beat Ohio State by himself last year. I would not actually. That was last year. This is a whole new year, Matt, and he is not the same guy. He is not. I mean, he wasn't. Uh, yeah, that's true. He was much better last year than he has been right now, but I would not be surprised. I don't think they're going to put it in J.J. McCarthy's hands. I personally think the strength of the Ohio State defense is that secondary. I think they'd be stupid to trust J.J. McCarthy to win them this game, personally. Den- Denzel Burke 100%? No, he's not. But I still think that secondary is what it is. Well, we might as well just uh, – it looks like the whole clan from from back to Debbie might be coming on here. Corey, if you want to, you can come up. Mike, you might as well just stick around for the end of the show. We're, we're almost done here. Let's talk about players that we are uh, hopeful to see during the bowl season. Um, Mox, you want to start us off? Uh, I really hope we get to see the true freshman quarterbacks. Um Highlighted Aiden Childs because uh, I think DJ might sit. I don't. I don't know what he'll he'll do, but I'd really like to see Aiden Childs. Um, but more so, I think I want to see Jackson Arnold. I, I, Nate Marquise is going to yell at me at some point and say they're not going to sit Gabriel in his final game. Da 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 da. Didn't Nate? Who, who went out? He's who, out. Who went He's out injured. last week? Yeah, D- Dylan Gabriel went done? out last week. I like the year. If I read Nate's tweet right, it sounded like they're getting Jackson Arnold the rest of the year. So I would think so. Man, I got to catch up on some stuff. Well, if Jackson Arnold is starting, uh, he's the guy I'm most excited to see because I thought he looked just as good as Dylan Gabriel this year, and I think he could be pretty special. And and there is zero chance that Caleb Williams is going to play on the bowl game. But the question is, is is it going to be Miller Moss or is it going to be Malachi Nelson? I, I kind of think that it's going to be Miller Moss who starts that bowl game. I really do. Because he's been the backup. Like, he he like if, if, if coaches are playing a merit game, and they should be, I think it would be Miller Moss who's going to start that game. And, by the way, and, and if he does, he could be, you know, next year's Carson Beck, where here's this guy who's getting his turn late in his college career. But if he shows out, he might be one of these guys that hey, you got to you have to draft him in your freshman and supplemental drafts because he might be the starting quarterback for USC next year. I mean, he might just because they're having such a bad season, and you have all these people out here calling for like Lincoln Riley's head, which I think is a little crazy. I think he's a tad bit overrated at this point, but I mean, it's. I really hope we see Malachi Nelson. I think we all believe he's going to be the future of USC, so why not just put him out there? I'm with Mox. Like, I'd love to see Aiden Childs. I really think DJ's coming back, so I don't know if we'll see Aiden Childs. Another one that I don't know if we'll see. I was debating on putting him on this list because I am a big fan of this player. I know Mike is too, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't go. If Oregon doesn't make the playoff, I wouldn't be surprised if they go Ty Thompson in the bowl games. I don't know that Bo Nix will play. I'd love to see Austin Novosad get that start, see what he looks like. Uh, the one guy, other guy, I put on here is, is Kedrick Riscano. We ha- we haven't seen much of him. I I don't I don't think Quinshawn plays in the bowl game. There's no reason for him to with the season he's had. I think he's going to test just fine. So I think maybe we get a chance to see Riscano in the bowl game kind of take over that uh that main running back role there for Ole Miss. Uh, you got to throw you got to throw Justice Haynes out there. I would also put Cam Seldon at Tennessee for you know if you're watching us for the first time, you don't know who Cam Seldon is. It was one of the more athletic players, size adjusted athletes in this freshman class. He he's a guy who played like a Debo Samuel type running back in high school, and they've converted him to running back full time. 
or excuse me, he played a Debo Samuel type wide receiver in high school and they converted him to running back. And, uh, you know, a guy that was drafted highly in in freshman and supplemental drafts, given that athleticism, a rocked up dude who, you know, you watch his high school tape, he is moving at a different speed entirely than the rest of the guys around him. So I would throw him out there. I have not been playing. Is TCU um, bowl eligible? I don't know if TCU is bowl eligible, but I'd also throw uh, Cordell Russell, another athletic wide receiver for TCU there who hasn't gotten any playing time. DeAndre Moore at Texas, a guy who could really run after the catch, played at Los Alamitos with Malachi Nelson and um, who was the other wide receiver? Who's the wide receiver Lemon. from Los? Uh, uh, yeah, Makai Lemon. Lemon. Yeah. Both of there at USC. Um, TCU would I, have I really, to beat Oklahoma, by the way, to become yeah, their five and six. So to be become bowl eligible, so you know Not maybe possible. maybe him Jackson Arnold starting yeah. this week. You never know. Oof. Jackson Arnold, boy, that that's I got a lot. I got a I got a lot riding on this Jackson Arnold uh, playing well. Okay. I, I would like to see Garrett Riley play call some plays there for for Clemson. <laughs> Can we get some of that? Because it's not his offense. It's pretty bad. Anyway, but like besides the obvious of seeing all the freshmen we haven't seen this year, I I don't know. Do you like teams that are not putting it together? I like to see them at least try something different for the last game of the year just to see if they can have you know, some stick. You know who I'd love to see as well, but we probably won't? Your guy's boy, Lenora Sellers. I mean, I imagine yeah. that Rattler probably starts Ooh. the bowl game, but he will. It'd be, it'd be nice Le- to see Lenora Sellers is going to rip the face off of college football if he if he starts. And I can't wait to see Nelly's face when he, go, when he goes, you know, 16 for 21 against, like, L. Uh, not U of L, U L L, like Louisiana or something like that in some bowl game. Um, is is are, is South Carolina bowl eligible, Chris? Uh, they, I think they got to beat Clemson this week. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Dang, that would be great for his development. Uh, they're yeah, saying, they smashed Clemson last year. Maybe they do it again. Yeah, I actually think we see some Nick Harbor in the bowl game because I think Leggett will sit out. Get there. He, get I don't there. know where he came from. That dude is Ooh. a beast. Antoine Wells. Do me neither. And, and I've I've sat yeah Antoine Wells might play this week too yeah that'd be interesting to see. Um, they're saying in the chat they're they're asking in the chat if uh, if Mike's mustache and flag behind him are giving giving off January six vibes. The answer is slightly, kind of, kind of, kind of slight January six. Does vibes. he have an alibi? Um, <laughs> Mike, where were you? Where were you, Mike? I was you actually was- I was out there with the Afghanistans for uh, that whole mission thing, so I was gone for that. Yeah, we we need proof. And I, Austin is like, just his skin is crawling right now, and you know it. Um, uh, I was gonna I was gonna do another Austin inside joke, but I'll leave that for when Austin's back here. Uh, all right, let, let, okay, let's do the corny thing that we all do. Matt, you've created the show sheet here. So, what are we all thankful for? Are we talking about in college football or in life or in general? Like, you're not gonna make this sentimental here, are you? I think I oh make it God. sentimental every year, but I am thankful for the Ohio State Buckeyes. What a great season they're having. And <laughs> I'm sweating Felix. No, I'm I'm actually thankful for what an incredible season it has been. I mean, I mentioned earlier that it was kind of a bland season, but I think that's more because we have not seen a dominant college football team take over, which for us, at least in my opinion, has made this college football season so much more fun. I personally cannot wait for the 12-team playoff next year. I think that's just going to boost college football more into the national highlights, and I think it's going to be better for the college football game in general. So I'm just very appreciative for everything that has happened this year with college football. Obviously, all you guys as well. I will take it to a you know, sentimental way. Like You guys have stepped up 
for me in a massive way this year. And it's meant a lot to me. And I think a lot of people in our family and our group realize uh, everything that you guys have been doing. So I'm very thankful for you guys and everybody that supports us. It's been a, it's been a great year and I'm looking forward to 2024. Chris signing off. Chris, what are you, what are you, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for Lenora sellers. Every time he steps on the field, dude looks like a beast. Was that only two games? Two games and three, three. throws. Oh, three, <laughs> three. He does. Um, I, 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 if I'm going to be sentimental, you know, I, I think I am thankful for just the support uh, that we've continued to receive from a very small community. And we've heard from like third parties, outsiders that we've tried to partner with that the growth of this thing isn't possible. And I think that you guys who watch and support what it is that we're doing, we're growing, you know, in big and small ways every single year. So I'm appreciative for those who have latched on here in the last, uh, in this last year and those who've been with us from the beginning. Appreciate it. All right, Mike. Uh, you're welcome, Felix, by the way, for being here from the beginning. <laughs> you're welcome. But uh, I'm grateful for my co-host, Corey, actually. Uh, we've, we've, uh, this is about to be episode 69 today. Can I get a nice? Nice. Very Thank nice. Uh, yes, yeah, very nice. Um, but Corey's been a great co-host. He doesn't come on and make, flamboyant insane claims the way some other co-hosts do so i really appreciate we don't have to walk too much stuff back or have a lot of bodies buried in the backyard so super thankful for Corey for doing that on the premier debbie show of campus to canton and i'm also thankful for actually campus can giving us a platform because uh you guys i don't know a lot of people know this but i did a solo pod for like five months that's tough so very thankful for campus can give me a, a platform so Corey and Mike celebrating episode 69 with each other. And uh, nice. I only think, one way. Uh, that, was, that was really poor <laughs> phrasing right there. The end or no, it was very precise. Yeah. It was very precise phrasing. It actually was. We appreciate um, all, all lifestyles. Yes, we do. We, hey, Thanksgiving, <laughs> it's all about eating. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to cut that out. We're cutting that out. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. We got to get out of here before we get in more trouble. That's going to be our show for tonight or today or whenever we release this. Apologies to Kirk Curve Street. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. For Chris Moxley, for Matt Bruning, for Mike Valerie, who invited himself in. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck.